Scuttlebucks fans, the Super Bowl is here. Wow. And they are so excited about it at Bill Curry Ford. Bill Curry Ford, where general manager Sean Sullivan is a huge Bucks fan, and he loves giving Bucks fans ultimate deals, ultimate service. He will take care of you personally. Call him at the dealership. Go to BillCurryFord.com, email him there, or just walk right into the beautiful showroom a mile north of Raymond James Stadium. Remember their nationwide lifetime warranty on new and used vehicles, BillCurryFord.com. Broadcasting from the ESPN Tallahassee Studios in Florida's capital city and in partnership with the JoeBucksFan.com podcasting network, this is the Scuttlebucks on 97.9 ESPN Radio. The Scuttlebucks with Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang is presented by Bill Curry Ford, Tampa's hometown Ford dealer for nearly 60 years and home of the nationwide lifetime warranty for new and pre-owned vehicles. BillCurryFord.com. Here's ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. Super Bowl edition of the Scuttlebucks. Man, does that feel good to say. Welcome in, Bucks fans. Welcome in all. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Let's talk about the Bucks playing in the biggest game you can play in in the National Football League with an opportunity to take home the franchise's second Lombardi Trophy. Tall task at hand over the favored Kansas City Chiefs and boy wonder that is Patrick Mahomes, the game's best quarterback these days. But he is going against, of course, for Tampa Bay, the all-time greatest quarterback in Tom Brady. And that's the investment you made to get to this point. Right, You bring in Tom Brady, the idea being, we're pretty well set up. Let's add a few components and see if we can't make a real run here. Uh, I love when teams ante up. You know, when you watch it from afar, and it's not your team, you respect it, you doff the cap, but you also laugh at it if they don't win. I think the beauty of here, of what you're seeing with Tampa Bay right now, is that they've anteed up, and they've already made it to the Super Bowl, the run's not over. They may win this one. They may lose this one. Obviously, one of those results is a given. But I think they're set up to win again next year and and make a run at it again next year. So you feel like, hey, look, it's hard to get to a Super Bowl. Let's win this thing while we can. Gotcha. With you. Nobody wants to get there just to lose. But I don't think the Bucks' run of success and these excited versions of the Scuttlebucks because we're documenting a winner – are going to run out anytime soon. The Bucks are set up to win for uh, the next couple of years. I think so. Um, but uh, I hope they win on Sunday <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that we man, can yeah. we can have a different framing of the discussion. Um, it changes everything it changes about everything. how we talk yes. about the team next year. Yes. Because then you're trying to get the road back to a repeat like Kansas City is trying to do this week. That's I, right. I'm thoroughly fascinated by this game. The matchup <clears> is awesome. It, it's, it's a great matchup. And I think part of it is because of the injuries on the offensive line for Kansas City. I I don't know that I'd have as much gusto. Of course, they could always win. I mean, it's a game of football. It's the NFL. But I don't know that I'd have as much gusto as a Buck fan entering this week if both starting tackles were available. for And and they didn't have guys patchwork all over the place. The interior of the line. I mean, it's a mess, Kansas City's offensive line. So that's great news. I'm thrilled about it. I hope those guys recover, get back to 100% health. Yeah, you don't next root season. for injuries, but you also don't lose sleep when they happen to the opposing team. But it makes this game a hell of a lot more fascinating and potentially a hell of a lot more fun for us come about, oh, I don't know, 9.30, 10 o'clock on Sunday night. Yeah, you know, there's a couple things that you look at. I, I for me, believe the Bucks can do enough defensively to allow Tom Brady in the offense to score one more touchdown than the Kansas City Chiefs. And, and and you just want that chance coming into this game. Neither team is going to get shut down. That's not that type of game. You know, you go back and you think of some Super Bowls where you had two defensive-minded teams going to war and you felt like the race was to 17 or 20. That's not this game. This game will feature some good play on the defense uh, for both teams, I think. But we both know these offenses, both of them, are just too explosive. They're too good at the quarterback position to get shut down for four quarters. So that's not what we're looking at here. But I just think, can you get enough stops to win a game 
by a single score because I think it's a single, single score game. Yeah, I sincerely mean this. If I'm a Kansas City fan this week, I'm worried because history says in a situation like this, when you look at a mismatch and you see one of the biggest mismatches potentially on paper. On the line of scrimmage? Line of scrimmage, we lose because their defensive line is better than our offensive line. Super Bowl results in any era, even recent ones, where passing is, is allowed more than ever. See, Broncos and Panthers not too long ago says that the, the team with the defensive line is going to win that game. And so, for me, I, the most interesting thing this week is how many times does Todd Bowles send more than four? Because if you think about the journey of this defense from week one to where we are now, it was front four is stout. You can do whatever you want with the back seven. Then it was hurt. Ain't nobody's getting home. What the hell is wrong with JPP and Barrett? Was Sue really, I mean, sorry, was Vita Via really that valuable? Because we have to send Devin White. We have to send Levante David. There's always Winfield. It's always somebody else has yeah, to rush yeah. the passer. Then it was, well, Devin White's out. Uh-oh. I mean, grab ankles. We've got real problems. And now it's come full circle. And the question is, would you rather drop seven because you have such a mismatch with your front four? I watched O2 Bucks and Eagles this this past week. Fun game to watch. They never they had nobody around the line of scrimmage except that front four. And I wonder, can Bowles do that? We've been asking him to be more aggressive all year long, but might he be able to do that this week because of what the Kansas City offensive line looks like? Well, and, and there's two things there. I think you're absolutely right. You're going to begin the game that way. You're not going to just send send. I mean, if you can get pressure with JPP and Shaq Barrett and Sue and those guys, then by all means, because you've got Vita Via back, who makes all the difference in the world, yeah, I think you got to begin the game that way. I also think that this will be really interesting early on. Officials, they're going to set the tone. You've got to find out. Now, postseason football in general, this goes way back to when the rules were very different. They let you play. I mean, we've gotten this far. Let the men on the field decide the game. You don't want to be a flag-happy officiating crew in the Super Bowl. Uh, And, you know, I read Bill Barnwell this week and always does a great job with ESPN. Uh, He was talking about uh, the statistics that let you know uh, that, generally speaking, officials are going to let him play. And and his comment was that they've now had a 16-season run in the Super Bowl in which there has not been a, a single illegal contact penalty. Not one. They're not calling it, man. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it throughout the podcast today. Grabby, grabby, grabby. Let's go. Hold their asses. Right, right. Well, I'd say the same thing about Kansas City if I'm a fan about their offensive line. Yep. Go ahead. Hold. Because ahead. holding was way down this year. Right. They The league... Put a point of emphasis not to call it. But if you take a look at some of the big plays that Mahomes made the first time these teams played, and again, the, the roster construction is very different. The trenches, mm-hmm. uh, and then also the Bucks are getting a defensive back and Jamel Dean back for this particular game. Uh, they're going to get Winfield back from recent injury. But you see a lot of pressures that the Bucks are bringing. Bowles brought some blitzes mm-hmm, early, mm-hmm. and Mahomes just threw right behind it. So... What the Bucks also do is when they rush a fifth guy, be it like a Devin White, they'll drop a JPP back into coverage. I just want to know how many times do they rush more than four It'll without dropping a lineman back to create a confusing look. I think that when you watch Andy Reid's offenses, they do a really good job of adjusting. Um, you know, he can make all the throws, and you have that arsenal of weapons. They'll do the mesh concept and throw all those crossers at you, and you're screwed because you can't cover them one-on-one. They sit down because they're smart. And so if you go zone, they find the hole. And, you know, they are all – that's a symbiotic relationship. What he has with his receivers and obviously Travis Kelsey at tight end is truly special. And that's why you can't get consistent stops. You you might have something working for a quarter, but this is a game – we'll talk about it throughout the show today – of adjustments for both sides because I think the Bucks, whatever they start out in, they'll have to adjust because Andy Reid will, and he's capable of all those throws. The thing is, when you get somebody in space, make the tackle. I think the play, oh, it's huge. for me, the play of the game against Green Bay was Jordan Whitehead coming downhill on third down, forcing the fumble, short field 28-10. Yeah. Like, it's that play because he wraps up, makes the tackle. It's a bonus that the football comes out, but they were going to punt. It was third, third yeah. down. You've got to be able to do that. When you have a chance to get your hands gotta on get people Tyreek or Watkins or Mecole Hardman, if they're all healthy, you've got to wrap up, get downhill, make those Yards plays. after catch is so explosive for them. If you think about that tackle, that's actually a mesh concept where White gets picked off on yeah, that play. Of, that's right. So it's in, he's in trail. He, he's out of position, which is why he recovers the fumble. Exactly right. Yeah. Yes, he's actually kind of lingering yeah. when the ball hits the ground. It's like, oh, wait a minute, yeah. I got it. 
Sometimes you're in the right position uh, to grab the football because you are in position. Sometimes you get lucky. He got lucky in that instance. But that is an example of something that they're going to have to do exceptionally on Sunday, which is when you're in one-on-one. You got to bring people down. You got to bring people down or at least string it out for help to come. Offense can be the defense's best friend here in that, you know, we sustained drives early and often against Green Bay and third down conversion rate was through the roof. It'll be interesting to see if you can do that again, if you can match that. They played with confidence on third and medium all throughout the game. Um, when the ball's there, guys, catch it. I mean, we had too many drops against Green Bay. And, you know, I'm constantly harping on Mike Evans' drops. But, you know, we had everybody drop balls here. And, and Godwin's been a drop machine in the postseason. Uh, I was so happy that he went back to him and made that you know, acrobatic catch that he did. But everybody has taken turns dropping the football here. That This is the Super Bowl. I, I'm not preaching yeah. to anybody. I, it, it's just good weather. I mean, catch the damn ball. The only one, knock on wood, who hasn't so far is Cam Brate. Cam Brate's been Ooh. fantastic. And yeah. if you're looking at it, so I look at all different kinds of metrics and, and you're looking at the, the standard stats. But then sometimes I'll go to the Daily Fantasy to see if you're a certain position group. Is, you know, is there yeah. a better matchup? Like if you look at receivers, Kansas City is one of the best at shutting down perimeter receivers in football. If you're just looking at you know yeah. fantasy matchups against the tight end, they're terrible. So this is a game to me. Yeah, two, yeah, two good ones. Gronk has been deployed as a blocker for most of the postseason. Mm-hmm. Does he need to be this weekend? Would be question number one. And I, then, the answer is no, Tom. Well, if the answer is no, then you've got let's go a lot of business to be done between the hash marks. And the tandem of Brady Gronk is legendary. Before this game, imagine what happens if, in fact, he's deployed as the pass catching threat that he's been his whole career. But then also Brady Brait has. Been, I mean, they've schemed that wide the hell open. They and, have, and he's reliable, and Brady loves him. Well, yes, he does. And Brady is more accurate to Brait than any other receiver in the postseason. I mean, like seriously, if you break down all the throws, the ones to Brait could not be fit. <laughs> It's like the old bingo bob with the puck from the red line back in the day. It's a perfectly sized puck. It's got to make it in. That's the thing he does with the football to Braid's hands. It's uncanny. One of these days, we're going to have to have Cam Braid on the show, either the podcast or the Jeff Cameron show, because for whatever reason, and, you know, he's a smart guy, well-documented, all that, he's a magnet both to get clobbered and to catch a football. But, guys, I mean, Jameis hit him all the time. He trusted him over and over again in the tightest of windows, Brady does the same thing. What is it about his pass-catching radius, probably, and his consistency that gives a quarterback the utmost confidence to put it on him every time? You said it, consistency. He's where he's supposed to be. And if you look at it, I mean, think about what O.J. Howard would have been in some of these route concepts. Oh, man. But when he's throwing a Brate in the postseason, typically, Brate's wide the hell open. It's not necessarily the third and six he, he yeah, gets right to Yeah, because if you're trying to stop the Bucks, right. you're not worried about Cam Brate. Right. Even if this. Stats tell you you should be. You're, you're like, oh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to worry about Evans and Godwin and, you know, I mean, and for that matter, Scotty Miller. Mm-hmm. I'm going to worry about Gronk. I'm going to worry about these other – the backs out of the backfield. I'm going to worry about these guys, although they need to catch the ball too. You're not thinking Cam Brate's going to beat me. Because right. what you're probably saying is if Cam Brate beats me, then I doff my cap. But that guy just steady beats you. Yeah, I would think that they're saying the same thing Kansas City is about the Bucks tailbacks, too. Like, if Leonard Fournette beats you, okay, whatever, playoff Lenny here. Uh, I, I do want to see early on, and this is something recording this Thursday morning, as the weekend gets closer to kickoff, Ronald Jones' health. I want to hear, is it 100%? Because that could be a huge weapon on oh, first and second down. He, you know, he's so much more explosive at getting to the hole. You know, he gets to the hole quicker than Leonard Fournette does. Now, Leonard does some things better than he does. It's truly a tandem backfield that you have to have because one is lacking and the other is skill. It's very interesting to watch. Um, we need both. I'm with you. But I, I think the, the general wisdom, see, this is what the national media does. They don't watch week to week. So they've seen the playoffs and they say, well, the Fournette's their starter. It's like, no, man, mm-hmm. no. Maybe Fox might know because they saw what Rojo did in the second half in, in New Orleans, but it's a CBS crew calling the game. I think a lot of people are going to be focusing on 28, but if Ronald is healthy, that's another element because you're talking about a finisher of a runner well, that can get you the 20, between the 20s. He can make those drives happen by himself. Yeah, I just I, I like how explosive he is at hitting the hole. You know, I, I, Fournette has upped his game in terms of finishing runs in the postseason. So for me, that's it's it's about getting to that line of scrimmage more than anything else. And Rojo does that. Well, than and it does. creates play action. That's the yeah. one thing that happened. If you're watching the Bucks peter out a little bit in the second half against Green Bay, it's because they were coming up and stopping the run consistently. So play action didn't mean nearly as much. Now, I'm not saying that Brady didn't make mistakes, and we had Mike Evans on a 
a drag yeah. or whatever that a post that was a touchdown that he was overthrown. But if you're looking for that consistent explosiveness, then you've got to be able to provide the proof that you're not going to come up and get stuffed in the run. And so I, I hope the offensive line does better in that regard than they did against Green Bay. If they do, then this really is the shootout that we all hope it, it was going to be. Lee DeKemper, JoeBucksFan.com, the website, going to join us in a moment. Before he does, let me remind you of our fantastic sponsor. That's Bill Curry Ford, family-owned and operated dealership. It truly matters when you're buying a truck or a car. That's what you'll get at Bill Curry Ford, Tampa's first family of Ford on Dale Mabry Highway. So much more than just amazing prices and a nationwide lifetime warranty on new and used vehicles. Their general manager, Sean Sullivan, Big fan of the Scuttlebucks and a big fan of you. If you're coming in to talk about the Bucks and or buy uh, a new Ford, uh, he'll help you out. He's right there. He wants to learn what are your concerns. He'll help allay those. BillCurryFord.com is also the website you can check out. Get his email if you have questions for him. He'll respond, uh, especially when it comes to buying or leasing a Ford truck or SUV. Uh, BillCurryFord.com. More Scuttlebucks in a moment. Shopping for a used F-150, a car, or an SUV? Find Tampa's biggest and best used inventory at Bill Curry Ford, one mile north of Raymond James Stadium. Shop now at BillCurryFord.com and see the nationwide lifetime warranty on pre-owned vehicles. Now, here's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. Well, we get to do it yet again. We're still talking about the Bucks. Man, what a season. What a what a run. And it's Super Bowl week, and it's time to bring in Lee DeKemper, JoeBucksFan.com, the website. Lee, can you believe it? Here we go again, and this time it's for all of it, all the marbles. The Bucks with a chance to bring home their second Lombardi trophy. You're down there. I, I'm kind of curious. Um, obviously, we record this show in Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, you, you're in the Tampa-St. Pete area. You get an opportunity to feel the buzz, although that is limited this year, unfortunately, yet again because of COVID. Um, your thoughts? Give us give, give us an overall feel of uh, the build up to the game. People are giddy. There's certainly buzz, but it, it it doesn't compare to what it was in the glory days of the Bucks. Uh, you know, like when Chucky took over and, uh, you know, Dungey's heyday. It, it, it's not comparable, and I, and I do cite the COVID. Uh, you know, not as many people are out of the bars. Uh, the Super Bowl experience in Tampa is significantly down. Radio Row is a ghost town. I don't know if you've seen photos. Now, I have yet to go down there because there's no reason to go down there outside of the pickup credentials. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been told only 20 radio stations got credentials to set up to broadcast from the Tampa Convention Center, where normally it's like 200, at least 200. Uh, ESPN is set up, but that's weird. I mean, I know ESPN always sets up separate from everybody else. I'm not sure why, but they always do that. And ESPN is is set up at St. Pete Beach, and I guess because they want the sunset views. (laughs) Yeah, That's the only thing I can think of. They're they're very, very beautiful, I'll admit it, but... uh, and yeah, TV is a visual medium. I understand that. But uh, it's very, very, for example, NFL Network sent down a skeleton crew. Money, uh, Good Morning Football usually, you know, that's their big show, and they always use that to promote it. And that's, um, you know, they're, they, they're still up in New York. They're not coming down here. So the, the media turnout is very, very down. And, uh, you know, I've seen photos where there's like, Three broadcasters going live in the convention center, and in the background, you see like a dozen empty tables. I'm not surprised. It is sad, though. It is frustrating. By the way, you say ESPN set up on St. Pete Beach. Are they by the Don Cesar? Where are they? I don't know, but I know the background is the beach because, for example, last night or yesterday afternoon, you know, Diana Rossini, mm-hmm. who uh, they have her covering the Chiefs. Oh, by the way, she was saying 
all summer long, the Bucks weren't going to make the playoffs. Uh, and so that's why I guess he's not covered the Bucks. <laughs> don't remember that. Uh, and, you know, I, I can't remember the anchor, but when she threw it back to the anchor, he said, thanks for the view, and it was a sunset. I mean, so uh, I don't know exactly where they're at. Don says, Don says oh, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, but I do know that I'm St. Pete's. You can see the date line, you know, in the upper right-hand corner, the date line of the town there at St. Pete Beach. It makes and me. You can see the sun and the palm trees in the background. So I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure if it's uh, um, Bongos is closed. You probably remember Bongos. I do. It, Bongos. It, what's that? Yeah, I was going to say, anytime they have a shot from there, it makes me nostalgic. I worked up and down <laughs> St. Pete Beach. All throughout the '80s, and uh, you know, I know, I know that area exceptionally well. Many a, many a, grill. yeah, oh yeah, many a tall tale and interesting stories that I've had on St. Pete Beach. Doggies, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are right. Yeah, yeah, good times, good times. I actually built thatched huts on St. Pete Beach. Uh, these uh, the tan oil stands. I used to build those uh, one summer. <laughs> Wow. Well, I can say one word about St. Pete Beach, and I think you'll agree. You only need to say this one word, and it, and nothing else needs to be said. Undertow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're going to scare people. <laughs> um, so let's get to the game. The game itself is oftentimes when it's the Super Bowl, somewhat of an afterthought, but certainly can't be for us uh, Buccaneer fans who now see the investment of Tom Brady, amongst others, paying off in a huge way, and the game itself now is nearly upon us. Uh, you get a sense for this game, or is it still tough to kind of wrap your mind around? I mean, because they matched up earlier this year, that game could have easy, be, easily been a blowout. In fact, the Chiefs should have boat raced the Bucks that day. Uh, it was a weird game, but it was over before it started almost, by basically in the middle of the first quarter. Uh, I, I'm curious more than anything else what changes for this game. And it, it, to me, it starts with Vita Vea, who did not play in this game the last time. Um, I, and then obviously the injuries to the Chiefs' tackles. This says to me that it feels very much like the Green Bay game and that if you can get to Mahomes and knock him down and knock him around, uh, same with Aaron Rodgers, uh, then, then you got a fighting chance to win this football game. Where do, you, where do you start when you begin to analyze this game? Well, that's exactly where I start. Um, you know, I've heard a couple people actually say, unless Shaq Barrett or JPP are the MVP, the Bucks won't win mm. uh, for the very reason you're citing. Uh, you know, the, the beat-up Chiefs offensive line. They have three guys playing out of position. Yep. Two starting tackles are down. Uh, and, yes, like you said, Vita Vea did not play against the Chiefs, and he looked like a monster against the Packers. I mean, Corey Lindsley is uh, a Pro Bowl center, and he was tossing the guy around like a toy. Um, I mean, Vita just looked like, just, just like you know, I mean, unreal. Yeah, yeah unreal. Um, also, Jamel Dean did not play against the Chiefs. Now, I'm not saying Jamel Dean is Deion Sanders, but he's a starting cornerback for a reason. Uh, so that also intrigues me. And apparently, Winfield said yesterday he's healthy, he's going to play. Uh, the news is sort of positive on Jordan Whitehead. We'll see, because he's got that shoulder injury. Uh, so it looks like the Bucks are going to be healthy enough to have their regular starting lineup out there. But yeah, the, the pass rush is the key, and also... You know, in Sean Payton, Sean Payton's on a media tour for some reason or other. I'm not sure why. And yesterday, and forgive me, I can't remember which of the outlets he's talked to. He talked to half dozen at least. Um, and, and Sean Payton said, number one, history suggests beware of the road team that wins three games. Beware of that team. Mm. And also he said he thought the Bucks were building confidence. He all but said, I'll summarize it, and I've been saying this for a few weeks now, and I'm not the only person that's been saying this. The Bucks are a different team now. Since they came back from a bye, they're a different team. Their offensive line has been borderline dominant, borderline. Uh, their defense has been better. The secondary's been better. They're more aggressive. And I don't, again, uh, to emphasize that point, I do not think the Chiefs played this, quote-unquote, this Bucks team. It's different. And uh, so I think, you know, I, 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 I want to lean to the Bucks. I really do. And the reason why I say that is what we're just talking about. The Chiefs have a beat-up offensive line. The Bucks have been on a roll defensively. 
And look who they've got. Yeah, Drew Brees is the same quarterback, but they shut Drew Brees down. Aaron Rodgers, he had an okay game. He didn't have a great game. But as Peter King himself said on Chris Russo's show this week, let's look at the last three plays of the Bucks defense in the NFC Championship game. Aaron Rodgers, first and goal from the eight-yard line with Devontae Adams. Incomplete, incomplete, incomplete. I look at the ability to get to Patrick Mahomes as the singular factor for the Bucks to win this game. I don't look at anything else. I think we know the offensive line will perform. I think we know they'll have marginal to okay success running the ball. They will not run the ball down the throat of anybody. They still don't do that. They pass protect better than anybody in the league. Brady will make plays. I don't worry about the offense. The whole game depends on whether or not two dominant players who have owned the postseason in JPP and Shaq Barrett can get to the quarterback. Because Mahomes, like Rodgers, and maybe certainly better than Rodgers, can drift in the pocket in a way that very few can because he has the requisite arm strength to make that throw even if he's 10 to 12 yards off his spot. There aren't too many quarterbacks. There may be only one other quarterback that you can say that about in the league. And and that and that quarterback was the one that the Bucks just faced and slung all over the field. So <laughs> you're exactly right. I, I, um, I really that's the whole game to me. That's the only thing that I hyper focus on. I mean, we can get into individual matchups. You know Mahomes is going to make plays. You know, I mean, you're tired of hearing, I read on JoeBucksFan.com, certainly tired of hearing about Tyreek Hill. But listen, the, the Chiefs have a gazillion weapons. They make plays. They win individual matchups. The yards after catch is devastating. All, we know all of this. It's about getting to Mahomes. You get to him and beat him up a little bit and get you know make plays. you got to get him to the ground. It's easier said than done. If they do that enough times to get a few uh, punts out of the Chiefs, you can win a high-scoring affair, which is what I think the Bucks have to do. I agree with you. Uh, I wrote yesterday on JoeBucksFan.com if, if Pat Mahomes has a dirty jersey by halftime, they're doing a good job. They need to get the guy in the ground to, to quote the immortal Al Davis. The quarterback <laughs> must go down, yeah. and he must go down hard. Yeah. That's, like, that's, my, that's my life motto in football. Yeah, I, I believe in that. That's like my first commandment. That's like my first personal First Amendment. That's like <laughs> everything about me is the quarterback must go down, and he must go down hard. I mean, how many football games have we seen where an okay defense, maybe even a subpar defense, has been good if not dominant because the front line has been able to disrupt the quarterback? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just drives me wild. How many people overlook that? You know, oh, we need a, we need this, we need that. No, you need a pass rush. And John Lynch, to his credit, he when he took over San Francisco, he did just that because we're not screwing around. We're going to get a pass rush. Yeah. Uh, but now uh, with Cheetah Hill, I, I agree with you. He's dangerous as can be. And like I said, Steve, my my cohort Steve Isbitz wrote that. It's like, wait a minute, you know, this guy's had several games where he had less than a hundred yards. Let's, let's 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 calm down about the unstoppable Tyreek Hill. And just this morning on Good Morning Football, I saw Peter Stricker, who you know, I've met him a couple times, and uh, and, I, and every once in a while he'll text me back and forth. And I'm convinced he's a closet Bucks fan. I really am. And, but anyway, <laughs> he's got to put a good face on Good Morning Football. He's got to look objective. But he said, you know, they had a, a subject in which they do. They throw a subject out, and all four of them chime in. And one of the subject talking points this morning was, who's better, Tyreek Hill or Mike Evans? Stricker said Mike Evans. They're very different receivers. I disagree with him. <laughs> I, uh, I'll just say that. I disagree Hill's with him. Much more dangerous. Yeah, oh, but, Where Evans is more reliable. Um, yeah, I, I need Mike to catch the ball with a little bit greater frequency. But, yeah, um, you know, Mike, that's, that's a, Mike is one of the most dominant uh, receivers to ever have the kind of uh, runs of drop passes that I've ever seen. Like it, it's really, it's, it's crazy, right? I mean, he's that good, but he drops a lot of balls and it's really kind of surprising. Um, he's a lot like T.O. Uh, Terrell Owens 
was electrifying and big and difficult to handle and could take over games. Mike Evans can do that. You want him on your team. But T.O. dropped a lot of balls, and Mike Evans drops a lot of balls. And and it's so that for that reason, I, I think I'd side with Tariq Hill there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really love Mike Evans, though, because he's been the face of the Bucks uh, in, in, in really difficult times. And he's a good man, yeah. and he's been and he's done great things in the community. Um, I, I, listen, I, people hear this show, and they hear my show, and they think I hate Mike Evans because I'm hard on him. No, he just drops more balls than any dominant receiver I've ever seen. Uh, but, that, but that said, I love Mike Evans because he's one of the guys that when I think about this Super Bowl – I want to get a ring the most. I mean, he's been over him here. And David. Yeah, oh, him and LeBron. That's exactly right. Those two guys, more than anybody else on the field, I want to get a ring because they've been doing it for a sad sack, sorry ass franchise, and they've gone out there and put on a brave face, and they've suited up, and they've played hurt, and they've done good things in the community. Oh, I want those two guys to win a ring the most of any well, Tampa Bay Buccaneer. To that point, to that point, I don't know if you heard this or not. But uh, Levante David was on someone's podcast. It was on McFadden. Yep, yep. You know oh, yeah, McFadden, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And he was on Darren McFadden's uh, podcast. McFadden and Pat Peterson have a podcast. Who doesn't have a podcast? Everybody does. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> babe, babe, i got to correct you. It's Bryant McFadden because that's a knoll, my friend. We got, I, Darren I, McFadden, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. My apologies. And, uh, so, uh, and by the way, this is the most open I've ever seen Levante David. Levante David's a great guy. Don't get me wrong. But he's almost shy. Mm-hmm. He's not very talkative. He's slightly uncomfortable with the media, slightly. I mean, he'll talk, but it's almost all cliches. And his favorite word is mindset. I mean, he's a good dude. He's just, he's, you know, some guys just aren't comfortable with the media. And I get that. I fully understand. And David's one of those guys. Great guy, cooperative, nice as can be, just not a media dude. And anyway, he did this podcast. I've never seen him this open. I've never seen him this open, this outgoing. I never saw this personality before. Like, wow, where's this? Where does this come from? And he was saying, and then this speaks to how the Bucks were so conditioned to lose that when they won the NFC Championship, some one of the players was crying. You know, overcome with emotion. I can understand that. You lose, you lose, you lose, you lose. All of a sudden, poof, you're in the Super Bowl. What's going on here? So I can understand the shock and the emotion of the moment. I get it. And uh, Brady scolded the guy. You know, David didn't out him. Uh, but Brady scolded him. He was like, hey, wait a minute. We're not done yet. This is just a step. We've got another game to go. Get a hold of yourself. Get, you know, come on. Get, quit crying. And uh, that, I think, demonstrates <laughs> just what Brady has done to this organization. He kicked everyone in the rear end saying, you know, X isn't good enough. You have to do more. You must do more unless you want to lose. And if you want to lose, get the hell out of here. You must do more. And uh, he has completely changed single-handedly this organization. I've always leaned. I haven't said, I haven't jumped in the pool, but I've always leaned to Montana being the GOAT. Not Brady, because the gauntlet that Montana had to go through to get to the Super Bowl. And, of course, he was dominant in every Super Bowl. Never threw a pick. 4-0. But if Brady gets the Bucks the Super Bowl win, no, no, no. It is inarguable Brady's the go. Inarguable. Yeah, and I kind of think it is already. I would also tell you John Elway was better than Joe Montana. But, you know, hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my brother, are you picking the Bucks or not? Yeah, why not? What the heck? And, 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 I, and, I, and I'm sincere about that because, as I said earlier in, uh, in this appearance, the Bucks are a different team than what they were when they played the Chiefs. And I think... I think Todd Bowles is going to use Hill going nuts in the first quarter as a challenge to these guys' manhood, as a challenge to their football skills, their football acumen. He said, this guy clowned you the last time. Oh, he did. (laughs) Enough of the clowning. If you really want to be a champion, you'll man up. You'll find a way to stop this guy. And I think Bowles will say, look, for one quarter, they made us look like fools. For three quarters... We were punt. We were toe to toe with these guys. Let's use the knockout punch, and I, I like the Bucks' chances. I really do because of you know that that challenged their manhood and challenged their skill, and also as we spoke earlier, the Chiefs' offensive line. The Bucks are a hot team defensively, 
especially getting to the passer, getting to the quarterback, and the Chiefs are messed up on the front line. I re- if the Bucks can't take advantage of that, well, they shouldn't be champion. I think they're going to take advantage of that. Devin White is playing out of his mind. Uh, a good friend of mine, Mike Tanner, writes for uh, uh, Football Outsiders, among other places, mm-hmm. and he wrote yesterday, Devin White has finally figured out how to play, how to cover. He, before that, he was a liability in coverage. Very much so. And Sean Payton knew that. He tried to expose that. He got burned. Mm-hmm. White has finally come into his own as the linebacker they thought they would have, the all-around linebacker they thought that they being the Bucks thought they would have with a number five overall pick. He, he was iffy at blitzing. Well, he figured that out. He's dominant against the run. There's no question about that. Now he's, it looks like he's figured out the path. And he's playing like a man on fire. And I, I just think that the, the, the stars are aligned that the Bucks, uh, the Bucks are going to win. Let's hope you're right, brother. And let's do this one more time and talk about the Bucks celebration. And you can tell me how it's being organized and what time I need to get down there and whether <laughs> or not we're able to access it or whatever it might be. Uh, it's been fun all year long, Lee. And we've been doing this for a while now, and it's a lot of fun to do it. I love talking to you most of the time. We're we're kind of we're we're plotting. I don't mean most of the time I like talking to you. I always like talking to you, but most of the time during those conversations, we're plotting the draft. We're talking a lot about what we have to do to get to the playoffs and is it possible to get there next year? Instead, we're talking about whether or not we're going to win the effing Super Bowl. So, uh celebrate, my friend. Enjoy the moment and uh, and and be in it. Be where your feet are and enjoy this thing, and I'll talk to you real soon. All right, Jeff, let's go. Like I said, go Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Uh, it's Lee DeKemper, JoeBucksFan.com. Uh, we'll come back and, and, and wrap it up. Tom, I do want to talk about that. I, I was. <laughs> it's interesting he brings this up about Devin White. Um, it, it's He's become a, a dominant figure, and that's the area where we thought he'd get exposed because he has been in his brief career in the passing game. But the last two games, he's been remarkable. So something has clicked with him. They're putting him in better positions, Todd Bowles is, Bowles is or he's gained confidence, something, in pass uh, coverage because that was an area where he was weak. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something to behold because if that becomes something that he does on a regular basis, you've got the best linebacker in all of football at that point. By the the way, family-owned and operated dealership truly matters when you're buying a truck or car, and that's what you get at Bill Curry Ford, Tampa's first family of Ford on Dale Mabry Highway. Much more than just amazing prices and a nationwide uh, lifetime warranty on new and used vehicles. Uh, you can go in, you can talk to Sean Sullivan, you can ask to talk to him, you can get the Scuttlebucks discount. Uh, he'll, he'll respond to you. If you want, go to the website, BillCurryFord.com. You'll see his email there. You can email him if you have questions. You can get him to respond to anything that you request as far as uh, uh, the Bucks and or a vehicle, uh, BillCurryFord.com. Uh, wrapping up the Scuttlebox in a moment. Shopping for a used F-150, a car, or an SUV? Find Tampa's biggest and best used inventory at Bill Curry Ford, one mile north of Raymond James Stadium. Shop now at BillCurryFord.com and see the nationwide lifetime warranty on pre-owned vehicles. Now, here's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. Wrapping it up, Super Bowl edition Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Kansas City Chiefs, Scuttlebucks. Final segment brought to you by our friends at Lane's Medical Shop. Locations in Colquitt, Donaldsonville. Lane's Medical Shop, offering all your medical supply needs. They even have delivery and emergency service available as well. Lane's Medical Shop, 229-228-5811. That's 229-228-5811. We thank Lane's Medical Shop for jumping on board here. Great supporters. Uh, of ESPN Radio here in Tallahassee. Yeah, they do a lot for us up here in Tallahassee. And Blake's a giant Buck fan. So they're down there in Tampa. Uh, they're trying to find the last-second deal on tickets. But they're down there giving themselves they're a giving chance. They're giving it a go. So, they're yeah. giving it a Actually, go. Actually, his wife is the, the giant Bucks fan. I should be That's precise. That's Yeah. Well, listen, a lot of people, uh, I've, I've been in contact with folks all week long about this incredible run. And, and in many ways, you know, getting to the Super Bowl is satisfying. And you don't really... 
spend a lot of time hyper-focusing on the result of the game. Um, getting to the Super Bowl is so damn difficult. Well, for most people, unless you're the New England Patriots for the last 20 years. Everybody else, it's really difficult to get to the Super Bowl. So you kind of revel in that, and you owe it to yourself to revel in that. You know, we think about franchises that exist in the NFL that have never been to the Super Bowl that are older than Tampa Bay, older than the Bucs. And, and so I, don't, I really don't begrudge the Buccaneer fans this past week of just reveling in the arrival, you know, just getting to the game. Not because it's in Tampa, just the Super Bowl in general. But now you are at the part of the week, and now you're, you, you can see the game. You can see it's about to happen, and you really realize you don't want to waste it. Yeah, I went to the Bears uh, Super Bowl against the Colts, and I went with, uh, down in Miami, I went with a die-hard Bears fan, lifetime, lifelong Bears fan. And he was nearly in tears when they lost, and I remember thinking that was odd because you weren't going to beat Peyton Manning, and yeah. that team was Rex Grossman. Rex Grossman. Yeah, you had no business being in the yeah. Super Bowl. Um, and so I remember kind of rolling my eyes and thinking, he couldn't have thought they were going to win. Uh, but but he said, well, I don't know when we're going to get back. It's it's not like we go to these things, and it's a good point. You know, and everybody's got a story. Uh, Dan Marino, uh, I'm sure, thought he would be going back to many a Super Bowl because there he was, right, you know, his entry into the league is to the Super Bowl. Never got back. You know, you got – I guess the point would be – you really begin to start to want it right around now and saying to yourself, yeah, I mean, we could go back next year. This team is loaded and Brady is coming back. And, you know, the veterans will probably want to make a go of it if they don't win in this game one more time and all of that. But you just never know. And, and you know, you can never predict injuries and all that other stuff. So it's like, let's go ahead and get this one. You know, it's he who dies with the most toys wins type thing. You know, can we get a second one? Because that immediately changes you as a franchise. You know, I, 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 in a weird way, the Bucks are similar to the Marlins because the Marlins are a team that obviously spend a lot of time losing, a lot of time not being any good. But when they're good, they win it all. And people will bring up the Marlins in a negative light. And then if you're a Marlins fan, you just go, well, two World Series titles in the last whatever years. You got any? Most teams can't say yes. You know, Yan- Red Sox, Yankees, whatever. Most people can't say yes. The, the, I, I totally agree with the um, the idea being when you go. you got to get it. you got to get it. And the Marlins have obviously done that a couple times. There's a greater base fan base here, and this is where. Very true, very true. No matter what happens on Sunday, and I'm not playing the role of defeatist. Don't, don't yeah, yeah. confuse. Uh, you've parlayed season ticket sales into, I mean, giant numbers over the next two or three years. You would think. You would Absolutely. Think. Now, this is momentum. This is only the beginning of the momentum for the franchise if you're looking at the cash register. Now, the question is, is this the apex of Tom Brady's time? And it might very well be. Maybe it's not. He looks really good. But it might be because the NFC is going to be, I think, a little bit tougher next, uh, next year. Well, the division won't be. That's correct. The division won't be. They'll win the division next year, which they didn't do this year. So there's still something to accomplish there. I am about getting those banners. I mean, you know, you can't take those away. Um, I'd like to see that happen. Uh, It's the only downside to the season is that they didn't wrestle it away from New Orleans. They will next year. Um, You know, I I think the interesting part about Tom Brady is you don't learn much during, you know, the media interaction Super Bowl week. You, you know, a lot of silly questions are asked. A lot of times the players can clearly, you can tell, they don't necessarily want to be there answering those questions. But I think if I learned anything uh, during the Q&A of, of, of Tampa Bay Buccaneer players over the last 10 days, it's that Tom Brady is really excited to be playing football still, really excited to go to the Super Bowl, really excited about being here next year. I don't think there's any, like, if let's say the Bucks win this game and he wins the MVP and... You know, it's already everything he does now is breaking his own records. I don't get the sense that he just rides into the sunset because you can't do any better than that. You know, my first year away from New England, I go down to Tampa and win it all. Screw you, Bill. I don't think it's that. I, I think it's the chase. I think it's the on to the next one. I mean, he strikes me as that guy, very Nick Saban, Bill Belichick-like, right? You know, those guys win Super Bowls and championships all the time, and we go, when are you going to retire? Well, it's it's not about those championships. It's about the next one. 
And I feel like Tom Brady's that guy. And they just got done doing all kinds of measuring stick type stuff in terms of velocity and yards and window throws. And, and that, that basically the, 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 the computation is that he is just as good now as he was 10 years ago. That, that's a minor miracle, A, but he dedicates his life to that. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't think you sign a two-year deal to quit after one. That's just not – he doesn't seem to, to be wired like that to me. Um, not even if he wins it and wins the MVP is what I'm saying. Like, I, he's coming back. I, I, I think so. And I'd like to find out. I'd like to find <laughs> out. The thing I, I can say is the impact he's clearly had on the mindset of everybody around him. And if they didn't believe it before Green Bay, they do now. They have to. Like, if there was anybody who was like, yeah, I'm not so sure if we're capable of doing this. What more info do you need mm-hmm. than you go on the road three straight weeks, you beat a game Washington opponent, whatever, you beat Breeze in the Dome, you end his career, and you end that franchise's competitive Put a stamp balance. on it, baby. Right. And then you go to Lambeau, and you got Rodgers talking about his future in the post-game press conference. What more proof do you need that you are capable of handling the test? So what I've seen this week in those media availabilities are not nervous eyes, Mm-mm. but content and at ease and prepared eyes across the board, offense and defense. That is the impact. And when this change was made, we said a couple things are going to be different immediately. Number one, you'd have maybe some other players want to come along and play. Correct. Right? You're immediately a destination. And number two is the leadership. It That's a thing. It's real. It's an intent. In a league that's built for eight and eight, you need all the intangibles you can get. And they got it in spades. Big time. Because let him worry about it. You don't have to worry about Jack. He's been to 10 of these things. So you do what you need to do and trust that since he's been to 10 of them and this is only the 55th, we'll be okay. Well, and I'll get back to something that we were talking about before we broke there when we were talking to Lee. He brought up uh, Devin White and and the elevation of his game. So few players, uh, you know, come out post-COVID and, and look like they're shot out of a cannon. The Dare I say the rest on his legs is evident. Um, he's always fast to the ball. He's always quick to recognize, especially run. Um, but he's now an integral part of the, the the talking point about the Bucks winning the game. It's him and it's JPP. Uh, it's it's basically the entirety of those that are rushing the quarterback. Um, Shaq Barrett, obviously, Sue. I think he is almost single-handedly the biggest difference in this game. Um, he He's a guy that I, I'm very interested to see how Todd Bowles use, uses him in this game. Well, in general. I mean, that scheme is, and, and like I said in the beginning, this is um, you got options this week because of the difference up front and the difference at the second level. And there are some players that look like, if you think about a baseball analogy, there are some players that look like they're running into second base, mm. and there are some players that look like they're running to first. You want more players that look like they're running to first because you go right through the bag. At second, you arrive. First, you blow right past it. And that's the way Devin plays. He does. That's the way Whitehead. I I was surprised to hear Lee say that Whitehead might go. I don't know, man. I mean, like, I get it's the Super Bowl, but that didn't look like an injury that you just come back in a couple weeks from. That'd be great. It's the way Winfield plays. More and more guys in that defense run through the bag, not through the bag. They run through people all the time. It's a very intimidating group. You can watch the way they play the game. It's it. You know, you think back, Tom. This has been a weird season. This is a very um, kind of reflective scuttlebucks. We're going through so many things in no particular order. I I admit it's scattershot. But you're really trying to to kind of look back at the journey and, and to where we've now arrived at this Super Bowl, and you think about how excited you and I were on these Scuttlebucks uh, podcasts about the defense early on when they overwhelmed people. There were moments in games where you thought, oh, this is different. Quarterbacks look sheepish. Everything looked downhill. Everything, Everything looked downhill. And then it went away. Then it went away when Vita got hurt. It went away. Last week, or yeah. Two, two weeks ago, when you watched the way the Bucks played, it was reminiscent of what they were doing early in the season. And I do think that guy changes everything about who the Bucks are, and we know that. Yeah. But it became that much more, you know, it's, it's a sight for sore eyes. You forget it until you see it again. And you go, oh, yeah, that's what that collapse in the middle of a line looks like. Yeah, you just wondered if that was something that they could do against good teams. Because, I mean, it was very clear the difference yeah. in competition and the results you saw. But 
two things, like you said, Vita matters greatly. Greatly. I mean, he matters greatly to this thing. Uh, number two, I'd say for this particular game, giving Indomitian Sue the extra week of rest is massive because they were conditioning him all year to just time release on Sunday, and mm. he wasn't a full participant when they were in the week-to-week grind of the season. That's massive. Uh, but then you have seen the proof in the last couple of weeks that against game offensive minds like Peyton or game quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, the MVP of the league this year, yeah, you can still make them look silly. You can still confuse them. Make enough plays, yeah. You, I, I think, too, the Bucks are really grabby. Uh, they do a good job. Yeah, officiating is going to matter. Oh, and, and this is the final point I want to bring up. You know, I think they have to be hands-on. The officials let them play against Green Bay, you know, and that was huge. I That's who we are. I mean, th- it's not like we have a ton of burners out there at corner. You got big, long-arm guys that manhandle receivers and are good at it. I would do that. Obviously, you're trying to get any advantage you can. Make them throw the flag. Make them throw it. Obviously, they could, and if that happens, you got to change your style, but I would do that. Yeah, I agree. If you got to send them to Lane's Medical after the game, then, you know, <laughs> then so be it. For me, the key is I was stunned by how poorly the Bucks' offensive line got a push in the run game against Green Bay. I was stunned by that because all the – I mean, if you looked at Washington followed by New Orleans followed yeah, by Green Bay. we thought Bay, we were going to be able to run the ball. And you were to rank, which ones can we run the ball against? Like the easiest. You'd say Green Bay. I mean, that's a no-brainer. And they got pushed. They got pushed. Now, that's an inspired effort from a team playing in a championship game, but it's also alarming because you've got to be able to do that to create the balance you need and the consistency on offense you're going to need against Kansas City for time of possession reasons. Yeah, just for offensive. But we're a throw to run team, anyhow. And I, the sooner they realize that, the better we are all the time. Like we changed, we came out against the Saints running the ball, and I know later on it paid dividends. But you're getting nothing. You're it's second and nine over and over again. Um, it, it listen, I think we're a throw to run team. When we do that, it does open up. I would do that. We're probably the best in the league in pass protection. In fact, we are the best in the league in pass protection. You watch the Bucks' pass protection. Yeah. It's second to none. It's unbelievable. So throw the ball. you got the greatest quarterback of all time. You've got weapons galore. Throw the ball, and you'll be able to run. Yeah, I agree. Um, but that's the thing. It's like we're, we're talking about Brady and the confidence he brings, and these things are all true. But if you're looking for consistency out of the offense, so he played a really exceptional game against Washington. That's a really good defensive front. He played a great first half against Green Bay. And the other half of the playoff performances have been uh, yeah, Menos up and down. Three yeah. picks in the second half against Green Bay. Had a couple dropped in New Orleans. So it's just if you're looking for that consistency, I do think even if it's second down that you're running the football, we've got to see a push that's on the level of the New Orleans game and not the thing you saw against Green Bay because you don't want to be one-dimensional, especially if you're in a score fest. So that's I'm looking for that. That's It's not a given that we're going to move the ball the way we want to move the ball against Kansas City yeah. on Sunday. Yeah, the bunch, the, the, kind of the bunch routes and the delay releases has really been uh, something that opened my eyes post-buy. We've been doing – we talk about throwing on first down. We talk about motion – some of these route combos and some of the play they've been be- think back to the screen to Gronk what a play call that yeah. is and what mm-hmm. a, what a design that is um and then you know the the release by Godwin mm-hmm. when he's in blocking that's that's nearly unstoppable like that's the kind of play that you can run on first down and you set up second and five and you go from there and from there i think you are able even if you just have a modicum of success running the ball it's third and two you know what I mean? I, I, that's the kind of down and distance you're setting up, and you're you're staying out of the second and third and longs. The Bucks can do that through the passing game with these underneath routes, these bunch routes, these man beaters that teams were doing to us. And and you know, listen, nobody does that better than Kansas City. Um, they'll get the ball out. Yeah, you know, people talk about the down the field stuff. No, it's the after the catch stuff. You know, I'm not yeah. saying. Yeah. Listen, obviously. Patrick Mahomes can make every throw on the football field, but they are very effective of getting the ball out of his hands quickly to the fastest receivers in the league. Yeah, and then side adjust somewhere to drop in zone. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the hard thing. I, I keep coming back to it, but I'm just I'm so fascinated to see what the coverage schemes are because Travis Kelsey can read anything before the snap happens. Yep, yep. His mind is something that nobody really talks about, but he's able to diagnose. And, of course, he's on the same page with Mahomes, but about finding the holes in the zone. And it's just... How do you cover these guys? Do you bracket two and then play singles the rest of the way? Do you drop and play zone and rush four? I mean, there's he's got a lot of options given that they're as healthy as they've been in the front seven all season, really. All season. But it's just, I don't know, is it is it a standard 
we're going to double these guys and you got to beat us going other places, game plan throughout, or are they mixing it up? I think it's a mix. I'm, I'm interested to watch how the first half develops because that tells you what they game plan for. After that, it's adjustment central, but we'll see what he does in the first two, three drives. All right, it's time. Uh, are you taking the Bucks? Are you taking the Chiefs? So I thought this would be more difficult. Um, I'm taking Tampa. I feel okay. This is so I'm not always confident about my team. I'm not that guy. Right, you're not the, that guy. Yeah. Glasses. But like this reminds me of um, Tampa in the, in the cup run last year where I felt fine against Columbus, right? I felt fine the next round against Boston. I felt okay against the – like it just kind of fell that way. I never felt scared. The last time I felt scared for a Bucks game that meant a damn thing in the playoffs, because I'm not going to count that Giants game from years ago, was Philadelphia on the road in sure. 2002. I didn't think they were going to win that game. Right. History said they weren't going to win that game. I felt fine going to the Superdome. I felt calm. More calm than I thought for Lambeau. I feel calm. I've been waiting for the, nah, there's no chance. It hasn't happened, man. Well, it's exciting to hear. Um, listen, you know, obviously you and I have worked together for a long time. We're dear friends, and I respect your football knowledge. And that gives me confidence to hear you say that. You know, I, I, I really have not been able to garner a feel whatsoever for this game. I still don't have one. I'm not going to sit here and lie that I have a feel for this game. I do not. I mean... I get why the Chiefs are favored. Uh, you 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 see what they're capable of in such a short period of time, the explosive plays that change games that are so demoralizing. And you can hold them down. Look what San Francisco did. They held them down. Uh, they did everything right until they didn't, until Mahomes did work magic. Oh, and, it's it's never over. It's, it is. It's I mean, never over. They're so, and look, Andy Reid is a great offensive mind. I, I think he has an advantage in this matchup because of the amount of weapons that he has to call plays with. But I don't think the Chiefs are going to get to Tom Brady. And I believe Tom will be comfortable, obviously, warm weather game. I mean, relatively speaking. Right. The only thing you got to worry about is a little bit of rain. And then the wind was, the wind forecast was worse about two days ago. We're recording this on Thursday. Yeah. But they were saying between 10 and 15, which. Eesh, that's not, not great ideal. for the passing game, no. but it also takes Mahomes out of it a little bit. But now it's it's come down a little bit. So the weather, it might be a little muggy, and it might be a little bit windy, breezy. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a factor then. Um, so I'll just say this. I, I, I think he's going to move the ball. I, predictions are, are you know so passe. I think it comes down to the final possession. I, I really feel like we're watching another one of these games. I, I think Vegas is right about this, by the way. 34-31. 3128. I, I I see that. That's what I see. Uh and and you know what? If if you think it's a three point game and you're telling the story, isn't the story Tom Brady, the greatest player of all time, finding ways to win games that he shouldn't? Okay. Well, <laughs> since you're doing that, and um, you know, he's won a lot of games with a kick. If it's from forty eight, suck up. How do you feel? Because he's been great. He's but been this is perfect. A different, this is a different moment. I don't know how you can say anything about that. I don't know that anybody. I don't care. If <laughs> like, did New England fans go, oh, well, it's Vinatieri. It's good. Probably by, not. I think by, by well, the maybe Carolina the sixth game, time he did it. <laughs> so, yes, the snow one is one. And then there's the, the, the Rams, Rams game. One, after the Rams game, I think they thought, it, well, it's Vinatieri. I don't, know, I don't think fans do that. I don't believe that you ever do that. I think a guy could make 65 kicks in a row, and then he goes out there for the 66th one, and it's to win the game in the Super Bowl, and you go, I don't know. <laughs> I think that's what you do because it's the Super Bowl. How do you know until you know? Uh, I mean, okay, so then let, let's play the, the game. Uh -huh. All right, you're watching. You're about ready to throw up. Force Are we tied when he goes to kick it? Because yes. if we're tied, he makes it. Okay. If so we're, the ball snapped, it, he makes it. Here's that, that's, if, that silence in the it's room. 28 all. And it's from 48 to win the Super Bowl. We he makes that kick. If we're trailing 30 to 28 from 48 to win it in a walk off, he misses the kick. If it's from the left hash, he's not going to make it. <laughs> I always hate. I hate the slice. I hate the slice because the slice is the tentative ball flight. Unless you're Dustin Johnson. Oh my goodness! Gracious. So if it's the right hash, I yeah. feel okay. Hit he, that draw, baby. He would tell you that that is a cut and not a slice, but yeah, yeah. But you're trying to ease it on in, <laughs> just tap it. In. Yeah, just tap but it. But you know what? He did cut it from 46 or whatever it was in, in Lambo. That was an intentional from the right hash. And cut it, it was back. nutted. Yeah, he's been really good. Oh my God! It's the unsung hero of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We go out and make kicks when they matter. It's like Leo. 
Yeah. My heart racing. <laughs> my hand steady. <laughs> it's fantastic to watch. Hey, this has been fun. We appreciate all of you who listen uh, all throughout Woo. the year. Crazy. We're sitting here talking about the Super Bowl. We did an extra long edition today. Uh, enjoy it, Bucks fans. Enjoy it. We're there. We're in the Super Bowl. That can't be taken away. Uh, for Tom Lang, I'm Jeff Cameron. Thanks so much for listening. Go Bucks! We'll talk to you again next week.